Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about the Forge getting nerfed. Not really a nerf. They lowered it by 5 power just to make it something that people could get into a little bit earlier in their grind. Deej did confirm on Twitter this was just a small change. They have more planned, but this is what they could do right away. I said that it's not even that big of a deal. The content's still endgame. Content is still difficult. This was a gesture to the community to try to listen uh, to what people were asking for. I called for everybody to kind of chill out, be positive, let's have conversations, let's continue to help the game move forward uh, and stop gatekeeping since, as somebody pointed out, as Eugene pointed out in between the talk and the Q&A, most hardcore players don't care about level grinding anyway. Uh, They do it lightning fast and then want to gatekeep and feel special. So I thought that was actually a pretty good observation. Nick's online with seven months. Welcome back. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. We're going to jump right into Q&A. We have just about an hour because I have a sponsored stream. And then when the sponsored stream's over, we're going to bounce right back to Destiny. So first question from Salminator is what is the best way to level up from 570? The best way to level up is unfortunately related to things that you can't do in a never-ending cycle. You're going to run out of milestones, but that's what you need to set your sights on. Do your flashpoint, uh, your story, your strikes, your nightfall, then do the wanted bounty from Spider, uh, and then you got your Ikora bounty for turning in bounties, and then you've got the one from you got the one from that is actually really helpful. Uh, you got the one from Hawthorne as well, and then you can move to Gambit, and then Crucible, and then you can move to the Dreaming City, and then, uh, leave the raid in the Forge, basically, for last. Probably the Forge to the very, very end, because it is a weapon, uh, and then you can go for another weapon, and then you can go for a piece of armor if you forge three total weapons, the machine gun to open the quest, and then two guns after to get her milestone so that's what you do just do all those things and then when you're done if you have other characters you hand all your guns down to the other to your other characters and have them grind so right now i am in a situation where the only thing that can help me level up is a helmet or a mark so we're we're, we're very very stuck right now any gun that i get is going to be too low these are all 630s for my first and second character and my armor pieces are dropping in the teens, 617, 617, 616. So right now, I need a helmet and a mark. If those don't drop, I'm basically spinning my wheels. So while we're doing the Q&A, we're going to be running through uh, the weeklies. Uh, we're going to need somebody in chat to tell me which of these is the fastest. And it's going to be an Arc Singe heavyweight. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull over my other things to make this go a little uh, a little bit better. I guess we could run that and then something else. I'm not actually sure. Hijacked is the fastest one. What's good, Libra? I see you in the chat. Let's move something really quickly here. I apologize to those listening to this on iTunes and Google Play. I'm trying to find my perfect paradox. As well, we'll just run that... Actually, we'll, we should just run the Badlander and run what I want. And then we'll run the Badlander and then we'll run the Thunderlord because it is, uh, we're gonna probably run past everything. For Hijack, we probably don't even have to do anything. 
Uh, so, next question is from PutinworkBB. He says, Since Bungie was quick to drop the power of the forge, do you think they have started to realize delta scaling isn't the right solution to add difficulty? Does that give you hope for the raid tomorrow? No, it doesn't give me any hope for the raid tomorrow. Delta scaling is their go-to, and the reason delta scaling is their go-to is developing uh, developing complex mechanics and layered difficulty, layered mechanics. That's really, really difficult. It's not difficult to just make everything really, really strong. So, I would say... I would say that when when you're looking at endgame content, you should always anticipate that from Bungie. They've made that very clear. That the first the first iteration of the content is going to be very challenging and delta scaled. And then after that, it's it's just a matter of wash, rinse, repeat going for rolls. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I just thought that the the, the way that they did King's Fall and the way that they did Wrath was so significantly better. Um, I loved how with King's Fall, normal was made from hard. Like they basically made hard and then they scaled it down to create normal. And then I felt like the way they layered the challenges with Wrath was done in a really, really smart way. So the complexity was there, the challenge was there, but you, it wasn't, I just didn't feel like it was leaning on Delta almost ever. That philosophy is gone. I mean, it's clear. It's clear from Bungie that the philosophy of of staggering difficulty in that way is gone. Endgame content is now brutal and gut-punching at the, at the release, and then afterwards it kind of becomes a joke. Leviathan was that way, uh, and, and Last Wish has become that way. The Last Wish is basically... And in, in a lot of that's because people can cheese Riven, but for the most part, most of of Last Wish, even before you get to Riven, is just not that challenging because the real, real challenge up front was the Delta Scale. Now, this new raid, I do have a glimmer of hope for a completely different reason, okay? I do have a glimmer of hope for a completely different reason. The reason that I have a glimmer of hope is because they may have built much of Last Wish with double primary in mind, okay? And if they built it with double primary in mind, that is primarily maybe one of the reasons that it's so easy. That's been one of my theories is that it's been, it it hasn't been truly challenging to go into the last wish at this point because there, there is a, there was a lack of, of difficulty given that we can go in with certain items in our toe that when it was designed, they probably didn't think we were going to be able to have that, right? If you imagine we're going in with double primary, certain things, imagine doing Shuro Chi and you can only have your Ikelos, not Ikelos and Heavy. Well, if you're constantly using your Heavy on Shuro Chi with the way Heavy can drop sometimes, you might get to the end and not have anything left to do damage to her because you have two primaries, right? So my thought process is that Scourge of the Past could be significantly better given that it could be, it could be more leaning on things that Wrath and Kingsfall leaned on to make it difficult since now they know what we can go in with with respect to power. We're not going in with double primary. It could be better built for the current the current sort of meta and ethos of how strong we are and maybe they won't lean too heavily on Delta. So... 
We the people, it would seem before the massive amount of feedback, they were okay with the way Black Armory dropped, but with the way Cosmo responded and then they backed the forge down, do you think they now may revisit their plans for the new the two new content drops? I mean, the only thing I think they may do before or after the other forges drop is they may say, you know, hey, we acknowledge that not everybody is at max power, which makes this content inaccessible to a significant portion of the community. So what we've come up with is a is is difficulty rankings. So that as long as you can get to 600, you can engage with the content, try it out. And everything's at a diminished drop rate. But if you want to do the bounties and the weapon forging, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play them at the harder difficulty, which means you're going to want to be leveling up, right? Now, if they took my advice and they said that every piece of content in the game helps you level to 600, since 600 is the previous max light level, that max power level, so people could be grinding the forge and other activities, and just naturally, just by playing, getting to 600, then going from 600 to like I don't know. 611, 616 wouldn't seem insurmountable, and then that would be strong enough to go in and start playing the Forge. Uh, I was doing it today at 621, and match made with randos that I wasn't communicating with, and we took care of it. Given that, that's where I think they should try to land. I don't know if they can make all those changes in time, though, but I definitely think they're looking at the player base at large and saying, we might want to consider not casualifying we're not talking about making it easy we're not talking about robbing you of of end game content we're talking about making inroads whenever you get a new dlc in history of destiny there's story missions a campaign there's strikes and then there's nightfall then there's a raid there's a spectrum of content and you can land in that spectrum as you play there's no spectrum of content with respect to like difficulty and power level there's nothing like that in the annual pass right now and if they can institute that, that will be better to give better, like, to empower upward mobility for leveling for players that might be far behind or new to the game. If you swing the pendulum too sharp in the other direction and casuals and people who can't play as often start getting basically kicked to the curb, you're going to run the same risk. It's just on the other side of the fence. Losing casuals is just as dangerous as losing hardcore players. There's a lot of them. They buy... They buy a lot of stuff. They buy a lot of the DLC. They play a lot every day. They're the ones there in the matchmaking and, and helping you get those fun little doubles and triples sometimes in Crucible. Like, you need people who play in all variety of, of commitment levels all along the spectrum for this game to do well for the foreseeable future. Lake Show says, Do you feel like Bungie is going to make it a little easier to get to 600? Currently 574, and I'm trying to play the new content. I think... Listen, I know we make a joke about how I'm wrong per usual, you know, because people want to take shots at me. Usually when someone's taking a shot like that, it's not accurate. It's meant to be a slight and it's not rooted in fact. Generally speaking, when you watch the majority of my content, I'm on the money with predictions about what Bungie's going to do or what they need to do. And in this case, with the, the nature of how they handle this situation... Uh, with the power level, they 100% agreed with me and anybody else who thought the way that I did. They didn't just, like, capitulate. I mean, Cosmo literally said, this is a valid critique. He said that on Reddit, and he said, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Translation, to the people trying to shut this conversation down and and minimize these critiques, no, they're wrong. 
It was a little, it was a little teeny backhand from Cosmo. Like you guys are, you guys are trying to shut down conversation and critique. He's like, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. This is a legitimate critique. And so, given the pattern, I think that I think they're going to make it easier to get to 600. They're going to look at how many people aren't 600, and I think they're going to streamline the process. I tr- I truly do. I truly do. All you have to do is put a world cap in the game of 600 that can only be bypassed, you know, once you're at 600, you can only level up with milestones or something like that. Or you you scale it, right? Once you hit 600, if you're running a strike and stuff drops, it's only dropping at like 601, 602, so it slows down. You're like, well, I could do this ever so slowly and surely and raise my level barely, but I should probably pivot to other things like Nightfalls, you know, Milestones, you know, the Flashpoint, whatever, right? So even the most casual player could be grinding out strikes and patrols and just little teeny bumps here and there, you know, at least giving them something for their time. But again, it would just scale. Like, you would only get the big drops. Like, you'd get really, really big jumps all the way to 550. You'd get medium jumps from every piece of content in Destiny from 550 to 600. And then from 600 to 650, the only real big jumps and significant jumps you're going to get would be from uh, milestones and endgame content. That would be my solution. Ace of Spades says, Is there an indicator of future DLCs? Oh, is this an indicator of the future DLCs considering most of us can't do the content? I mean, we could do Curse of Osiris day one. The thing we do need to remember here, okay? The people that are pushing back and saying, this is meant to be endgame. This is meant to be endgame, is what a lot of people said. Okay, that's fine. But endgame can become too, too steep of a slope. And if it becomes too steep of a slope you run the risk of alienating and fracturing the player base, all right? Like when when Respawn Entertainment said they were going to make all their maps free, right? They said, we're going to make all of our maps free. And they said that because they said, when you, when you monetize the maps in a game like Titanfall, you fracture and you segment the community. Because then people that don't have the maps they get stuck in matchmaking and then the people that have the DLC they're in different matchmaking and it fragments the player base and maybe you want to play with your friend uh, or your buddy and you can't because he has the maps and you don't, right? Well, they took a different attitude they're like, we're going to make everything free we don't want to fracture the player base the, the, the big risk right now this is a fine, this is a fine line to dance on right? This is a fine line to dance on. How do you feed the hardcore player base that lives in the end game without starving the, the people on the other end of the spectrum? It's very it'd be very easy in this scenario, very easy in this scenario to starve one side. At the launch of D2, they were feeding the casuals and they were starving the hardcores. We're, we, we we don't we're we're swinging potentially the pendulum in the opposite direction. We don't want to do that. So, that's why I think you always need to since 600 was the previous power cap, people should be able to get to 600 very easily now. And then 600 to 650 should slow down, primarily, you know, coming from milestones and stuff, as I already outlined, right? And then, within that new content, you have to create a spectrum. You have to create a spectrum. When you create that spectrum, if I'm 
if I'm just now at 600 and I really want to enjoy the forge, I can. I don't get the same results as you, though, when you're at 616 and you're running the forge at 625. You're forging weapons and you're doing bounties and you're getting the end game, the really true end game grind, right? You're getting that, you're getting that return for your investment. Everybody should be getting a return of their investment depending on where they are along the spectrum. I've always used this as an example with random rolls. If you're super hardcore and you want the absolute best god roll on a gun, you're going to put in tons of time and eventually you're going to get return of that investment in, or, in sort of in line with the time you put in. If somebody doesn't really care and they don't really go for god rolls or when they do, they give up pretty quickly. Both player is in in some measure. Now there is luck involved, but both players are getting rewarded for their time for the most part in accordance to their contribution and how much time they put in. Conversely, if you're looking at the forge and there's a spectrum of power so that everybody can play it at different levels of difficulty, you're getting more appropriately rewarded as a hardcore player who's ratcheting up the difficulty than the guy who just got to 600, but he gets to go in and try it out and enjoy it. And the, the honest to goodness truth is because he's a little more casual or maybe doesn't have time, he doesn't want to get his teeth punched. He just wants to play the content and check it out. So that they're their affinity, their their sentimentality, the way they play the game, their engagement levels, all of it lands very well if the spectrum is set up. Right now, Destiny as a whole has this spectrum. You got your one gay voices? Nice, Hanson. Congrats, dude. That's an exciting that's an exciting drop. Like a really exciting drop. The game right now has that spectrum in place, okay? There are at the bottom rung, you've got lost sectors public events adventures are a little bit harder and then you can do public events heroic right and then there's bounties and then there's bounties that you can uh you can do that make them a little bit uh a little bit easier or i'm sorry a little bit harder to do um it and then when you have that when you have that spectrum it's like the players that in, want to enjoy the harder content can they can go and do you know the harder lost sectors or they want to turn the thing uh, you know the they want to turn it into heroic they can and then the spectrum goes up from there right then there's dailies then there's strikes then there's nightfall then within nightfall there's a spectrum you can do the challenge card you can make it really really difficult and you kind of go up from there right and then there's the raid right then then there's all these things the game already has a spectrum of content but you have to kind of lean into that uh with with the uh with the new content the content that comes out because it's not if not it's jarring right it's it's super super jarring to be like well there's all this content there's a spectrum if i'm not as good or not as hardcore there's something for me to do and then when the new content comes out if that spectrum is missing that's what's dissonant and kind of disorienting and jarring for people they're like now wait just a minute i you know ordinarily i could do something uh when the when the uh the the content in the night you know the new stuff would come out so uh, to the person that came in and typed up that big, huge paragraph, um, I, that, there is nobody that goes by that name, uh, <laughs> from my high school experiences. And there was no, there was no girl by that name that I knew. So I don't know who that, that, that they must think I'm somebody else or it's just an idiot troll. What the frick? Oh, you can go through on your sparrow. Dope. 
more mortar reader says rumor has it trials may not return in d2 but we'll be back for d3 what are your thoughts on this um oh it's a copy pasta oh okay they're spamming it in multiple channels that seems awfully stupid um yeah i don't with the, okay so trials is tough all right trials is a bit of a tough a tough puzzle to crack here and i think the reason is crucible has always been in flux right always been in flux we've never really landed i don't think on a on solid ground with the crucible there's always been sort of this this isn't good now this is too strong now this is too strong now that's too strong that's been sort of generally the way that you know things have have gone so trials kind of hangs in the balance with respect to crucible and crucible not being in flux if that makes sense like it would kind of be like having somebody who isn't necessarily that great at climbing and their climbing gear is you know breaking they're not that experienced at climbing and they're slowly trying to get better at climbing and then all of a sudden you're like hey let's go uh, let's go do mount everest you'd be like what no crucibles just kind of always limped along and had these and had these little spurts and these problems and just never had any consistency uh and because of that because of that trying to get trials back in the game is like asking the you know the the the, the climber who's just starting to get better at climbing to 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 go climb mount everest and engagement is really going to drive this okay such a small percentage of people interacted with trials every week and it set a really bad tone if we're honest there was that it was a meta driving tone uh we need a helmet or a mark please there was this meta driving tone where whatever they did in trials what you know happened everywhere else and then they had you know ddosers and cheaters and then you know that drives that that sort of drives the meta from the front and it's such a small percentage of players and then it, it affects the rest of the crucible um and edge transit oh how wonderful to have that be my drop it's poetic isn't it we got a backup mag mod from it though uh so i i don't know if trials you know if they're gonna leave trials out for the foreseeable future and only bring it back with d3 i know people are gonna get on reddit forums youtube etc and they're gonna complain about that and i understand that when something you love gets taken out that's upsetting i understand that but uh i would definitely say i would definitely say that engagement being so low traditionally is just one of the reasons you're just i just don't think you're gonna see it show up that often um well and not show up that often i don't think you're gonna see it show up anytime soon again i just really don't think you're going to bamford 38 do you think the machine gun from the dawning will act to bump up people's power level like the auto from the festival i mean probably probably like srl yeah similar to srl i mean but at least srl was fun I think everybody played SRL and then drifted from it. Trials was avoided by lots of people. I don't think SRL was avoided, if that makes sense. Uh, probably, yeah, the machine gun will probably be there to be like a nice, easy, you know, max level thing. Uh, Nova Hands, hey Lono, looking ahead to the season of the Drifter, do you think the lack of raid raid layer is going to hurt that piece of content 
and make it feel significantly less robust than the, this one in Penumbra. Well, the thing that people need to remember is we got two layers with Curse and with Warmind, and they were okay, you know? So asking for another another one in between, you're asking for something that, number one, they've never done, and number two, uh, this is going to be similar to statements I made about trials. Like, we know raid content gets a lower percentage of engagement, but I think it serves as like a pinnacle activity within PvE, and PvE is the larger portion of the community. So when we say, oh, such and such percentage of the community only completes raids, that doesn't mean the same as trials because trials is a weekly thing that had to be you know checked on balanced tweaked adjusted managed quality of life etc and you don't have to do that with a raid set it and forget it you know what i mean like a raid is designed and then left alone trials is a completely different animal trials is a commitment and a relationship that then bungie has to maintain manage and mess with a raid for the most part is sort of set and then left be as a pinnacle activity for anybody who plays PvE eventually getting to the point to maybe try it out. Trials, other players can affect your, you know, your experience, other good players, etc. So, I don't think it's going to make it feel less robust. Now, the huge focus on Gambit, I will say right now, is a risk. It's a risk, and I'll tell you why. I don't think Gambit's going to continue to do very well if they don't figure out how to freaking make it more fun. Because, listen, people are going to go to the comment section on this. People are going to say in chat right now, I enjoy Gambit. I have fun playing Gambit. I happen to think Gambit is struggling big time with player engagement. I think that's why they do the triple and double infamy so often. That's why there's a pinnacle piece of gear in there. Um, That's why, that's one of the reasons I think they do milestones. Because you have to play Gambit, right? You have to play Gambit. You have to go in there and you know, you, you, you got to do the thing. So when we when we think about how Season of Drifter lands, we need to think about how's Gambit feeling like at that point. Because uh, I'm telling you, when I solo queue, I'm like, when I, here, here I'm going to draw a comparison, okay? I'm not a particularly strong PvP player, but when I solo queue in PvP, there's always that part of me that knows there'll be some good games in this mix. I played five games of Rumble last night, and two or three of the games, I did okay. I won a game of Rumble. I got all the kills. Like, I kind of I kind of I kind of slayed out a little bit. Now, they weren't the, the the game where I won, they were playing kind of dumb and I took advantage of their lack of intelligence. I was getting double kills and stuff cuz they were kind of being silly and just rushing with shotguns and it was a map where with well-placed shots and pre-nades, you could you could kind of prevent them from just, you know, aping you with shotties. But my point is is that while I was playing, I always kind of know, you know, the next game's not going to be too bad. The other thing I know is, even if this game's kind of bad, I'm going to run into a player or two, and I'm going to be able to get a couple kills and do a couple things and, and feel like I'm at least getting something accomplished, right? Unless you're an absolute potato in Crucible, what I'm saying is sort of generically true for everybody who plays a little bit of Crucible. When I play solo Gambit, I, I feel about 90% of the time, I'm just completely throwing my time into the toilet, unless I'm getting a milestone. It's just impossible to synergize a team. They 
I mean, I know Giggs said this, I said this before Connor said it, that the race to 25 and the race to 50 is so pivotal, but nobody knows that. I played last night, and when we had enough to invade, I had a 1k voices, I'm a pretty good invader, I typically don't invade when I play with the guys uh, on stream. Um, I, I, I typically don't invade, but dude, I can, I was ending games last night with 10 to 15 guardian kills and we were losing, but still, uh, Lightfoot with the brand new sub. Thank you so much. Welcome to the rageless and one game out of all the ones I played. I had to play a lot because that bounty takes a while to, fi- to, 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 fill itself though. Only one game when we got to 25 and I was standing waiting to invade one guy did it. He had seven and as soon as he had seven, instead of going for ten or doing more or whatever, instead of clearing the area of ads, he immediately turned around, ran to the plate, slammed it in so I could so we could invade first. I was like, oh my gosh, one person out of all the people I played with tonight that gets it. Delicious Coffee 7 with a brand new Prime sub. Thanks for using your Prime sub here. A lot of people are using Prime today. Thank you for doing that. If you guys have been enjoying the show today, the Q&A, the talks, the podcast field, be sure to click follow. That's free. Click on that heart button is free and it supports what I do. Uh, that way you don't miss these streams and these conversations. So like Giggs was saying, the, the big point I'm trying to make here about the 25 invade thing and that one guy running back and knowing what the frick to do. The, the Giggs point was there should be something that alerts players. You have enough for, a, for you have enough to send. You should go bank, right? Because the game passively promotes a very stupid way of playing. Okay. Think about it. There's multiple cues and multiple visual cues and auditory cues that tell you to keep killing ads and go for more modes, right? There's a visual cue. You have to go clear the ads. There's a thing on the on like the the heads up display that shows you, oh, they're over here. You kill all of those guys and then they go to another area. So at a ground level, it's passively telling you you need to clear this area. The second thing it's doing is when you have seven or eight, it's like, oh, I need two more for the next blocker, which is bull because the large and the, the medium and large blockers aren't as good as sending smalls. Just bury them in smalls. If, if when they send three smalls, it is so much harder to deal with than if somebody sends like a medium and a large. Medium and large are so much easier to take care of, right? And when that happens, you're you know people are reading these cues, right? They're like, oh, I can get a I can get a bigger blocker. Oh, we're not done killing all the ads here. If there was something in the game that was like, you have enough to send, you know, you have enough to send an invader. You should probably go bank. You know, you got your team's got 25 hot shot. Why don't you go dump those banks? You know, dump those moats in the bank. You know, send over an invader first. That'll give you an advantage. You could even give drifter lines to like tell people, hey, uh, you're not helping your team by having seven and then continuing to kill ads, getting 15, and then you get invaded first, die, and those 15 moats get lost, and your team basically just lost the game. Why? Because you did what the game kind of passively told you to do. The game sort of told you to do that. It's like, there, there are, there's not a whole lot to tell you. Now, it does say, you know, the teleporter's open, get over there. Like, it'll say that once the teleporter's open, but that's after the fact. The game doesn't clue you into the fact that your team has enough to, for 25, and it also doesn't clue you into the fact that you want to do that first. That would be, I think, a, a, a good change for Gambit. 
So when I think about Season of the Drifter, this is a big, long rant about Season of the Drifter. Gambit's got a long way to go, or Season of the Drifter stands to be a painful point in 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 the structure. Because, and the reason being is, it's going to be Pinnacle Gambit. It's going to be Harder Gambit. It's going to be, you know, a step up. Maybe for better rewards, maybe, you know, maybe harder enemies, whatever. That's going to be rough for people that have already have shown they struggle with understanding strategy and understanding where things, you know, how you need to do things and how you need to do things in what order. And it doesn't help, as someone is saying in chat, it doesn't help that there's bounties for grenade launcher kills, summoning large blockers. Right. That happened in Titanfall. If you wanted to roll over prestige, if you wanted to roll over prestige, you you had to do all these really specific types of kills and things and it would make people play Titanfall and ignore the objective and just go for really really weird kills and it hurt gameplay that's a very similar thing that happens when you've got bounties the bounties should be generic it should be totally generic right banking moats sending invaders what about sending invaders first be the first team to hit 20 bank 25 moats you know, be the first team to bank 50 modes, stuff like that, softly telling people, man, like I, I'm, I've been playing this game wrong you know that I think that I think would be a pretty big pretty big deal, so and it would help people get a little bit more clued in because if Gambit kind of stays in the, in the place that it currently is it just, again, I just think it runs a risk of being a detriment to a future content delivery that is centered around Gambit. It, it, it could be bad. It could be. I hope it's not. I think Gambit has tons of potential. I'm really hard on Gambit. I'm kind of hard on Gambit like a, like a struggling sports star in the movie. Like, you can see his potential and you're like, Johnny, you just gotta apply yourself. Like, I can see the potential of gambit i really can and plus i like doing my my drifter impersonation you know how you living hot shot i i know i i, I like gambit but it it just isn't it just doesn't seem to be landing very well right now i could be a hundred percent wrong gambit could be just raking in daily engagement and it could be loved by the community i don't think that's the case i don't think that's the case fwc guardian uh lono what do you hope to see with the black armory in the upcoming weeks these are these these are questions that are you know i i answer them but i'm gonna be really quick this time because it is pretty broad i hope the the other forges introduce new mechanics oh please tell me that mark is my reward please dang it a freaking gun Ah, uh, I need a mark or a helmet, dude. Oh, that hurts. Uh, my hope in the coming weeks is that I want the the other forges to introduce. Um, I want them to introduce new. I want them to introduce new mechanics, so it's not the same thing, just in different areas. New mechanics, maybe even make them a little bit harder, a little bit longer. Giggity. Uh, I could give behind it. You know, the the difficulty going up as you do the other three. Uh, I can get behind that. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I also hope the loot pools are different. If the loot pools are different, then you're 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 gonna have that feeling of I really want to go for X weapon. I'm gonna grind this forge until I get the roll that I want. Does that help shrink the loot pool? I don't know if that's gonna happen though, because from the first forge, I got the balagent, I got the hand cannon, I got the the pulse. Um, I think that's it. So maybe they are going to split them up. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they split up the loot pools. 
Loyal ASF44. Have you seen the glowing symbols in the forge area when aiming down the sights of the forged weapons? Do you think this adds depth to the black armory knowing there's secrets inside? There's always cool when there's puzzles and stuff, right? I mean, there's the there's the thing that we're trying to solve right now, which I don't think we're going to be able to solve until there's all three forges with all the keys. Yeah, I like when there's like the depth and the puzzles and like the, the unique things that you're supposed to try to, uh, to figure out. You weren't an ARC subclass? Oh, uh, was the other guy on an ARC subclass? I wonder if he was. Yeah, he was. Mm, you missed out, Milo. Shoot. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the idea of having puzzles and mysteries. You were Ark when I checked at the beginning. You must have switched. Uh, FWC Guardian. Lono, how do you feel about no trials or faction rally? I already addressed trials. Faction rally could come back. I mean, they're introducing these three houses with uh, the Black Armory, and that could lead to that could lead to more. Uh, with that, I mean, there was the data mined catalysts that required you to do stuff during arms week, but we haven't heard or seen anything about that, you know, either. So that could be another, you know, another ad another thing they, 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 they pump out. We know there's other events and things coming. I liked faction rally. I know a lot of people didn't like it. It was something to do it was something to grind for. Obviously if faction rally showed up right now, it probably wouldn't be very well received because the content we have now is so much more substantive uh you would have a lot of people kind of turn people did not like faction Eye, by the way i know i'm in the minority here i know i'm in the minority uh so i will readily admit that you know faction rally really needed re- really needed retooled if, if they're going to bring it back because it, it lacked a lot it lacked a lot of stuff um to do diversity you know, the weapons were okay. Random Rolls is your friend, man. Random Rolls is your friend. So they could definitely bring it back and, and have it be it'd be really, really good. It's just, just going to probably take time. Uh, Tigo Biddies says, Do you like the Black Armory weapons have special... Oh, do you like how the Black Armory weapons have special perks? For example, the auto rifle dropped with Mulligan and my machine gun dropped with Surrounded. Yeah, I got a really cool roll on my auto rifle. It has, uh, I think it's, what's it called? Disruption Break? It's the it's the perk from the SMG. Yeah, Disruption Break is the perk from the Escalation Protocol uh, SMG. And that Disruption Break, when compared with Shield uh, Disorienter or whatever it's called, where if you pop their shield, everybody around is disoriented, that'd be a great combination. Because you can pop their shield, and then you get that, you get that increased, um, you know, damage on your kinetic weapon after you pop their shield and popping their shield will disorient the enemies nearby there's some already we're already kind of on you know unearthing some really really cool potential combinations just in a couple of weapons we've seen within the first day so i would say we that's why i want to have the other guns and the other forges so there's kind of a reason to grind all of them Juicebox. This is an assertion and not a question, but I dislike this nerf because it masks the real problem. Bungie's level system leveling system is atrocious. If there was a direct process to get in, do XYZ, forge, uh, you don't have people upset that they can't get in. It's just like needing to unlock blind well. There was a process, but they are hiding behind a terrible system uh, and get to say, see, we made it better. Um, I want to adjust some of what you're saying. I don't think they said, hey, look, we made it better. I think they said, uh, you know, we we heard, we hear where you guys are coming from, and we did what we could right now. This is the best we could do right now. 
in the in 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 quick in quick time in quick order, and then there's more potentially coming. Now, an overhaul to the leveling system is needed. I don't know if they're going to get that done anytime soon, which is unfortunate because I think it does greatly, greatly hinder the experience of the player. And the real big issue with leveling not being good, every season is a level bump, and that's being sold, you know, as a uh, as a value point. Well, if you're selling that as a value point to people and leveling is just not fun then you run the risk I think of always kind of poking people in the eye instead of like inviting them in to try out the new stuff it's like great another 50 levels I get to suffer through and hopefully get a helmet and not get a helmet or get 7 weapons in a row and want to punch my monitor oh I don't get access to the new content because I had terrible RNG or I ran out of time and couldn't get to my milestones people are like oh they should have planned better or they should have done this or they should have done that or if you care about the end game you'd be grinding like all the things that people have said this morning those are all things that people said in chat they said if people cared about the end game they'd be grinding if they managed their time better they would have been at level all these just silly platitudes and it's like Dude, you do realize there's only so many milestones in a week, right? And if you have really bad luck, you literally don't really level up at all. And not even in great, like, great numbers. You level up, like, super, super marginally. Like, so much out of control of the player. You really talk about not having any empathy or understanding for what might be frustrating your fellow players. That's a great way to do it. Act like they didn't manage their time, you know, well. And... uh, do you honestly think players that are upset about not being max level haven't tried to do it or at least put forth some effort? You think they just showed up one day and they're like 575 and they're like, yeah, I don't really care about Destiny. I don't care about leveling up. Somehow I stumbled into being 570, but uh, I didn't manage my time well. I don't really care about Destiny or the end game. I don't really care about Destiny, but I'm 575 and I'm voicing my frustration. That does That player doesn't exist. If they're in the high 500s and they're voicing their complaints and they're wanting to see see things get better, that's a player that's invested. That's a player that cares and wants to enjoy the game. That's not some sideline, non-engaged, non-apathetic, like, that's not some apathetic player that you get to, like, demean because they're irritated about their inability to play Forge. That's why I said quit being a negative gatekeeping loser. Like, actually engage in discussion and try to, like, have some understanding for your fellow gamers in Destiny. FWC Guardian, uh, how would you feel about light leveling being just like XP leveling? Uh, Make the true grind about gear, not light levels. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's why I said, as soon as they release a new power level, right... Last power level was 600. Here's a new power level, guys, 650. Okay, as soon as they do that, getting to 600 should be super easy. It should be super easy. There's no there's no good reason to make the grind to 600 tough. Hardcore players navigate around it, save milestones, save engrams, do everything they possibly can. We play an unnatural amount of time. That's the thing. The other thing that drives me nuts. They're like, hey, we got a raid for you, man. This is for the hardcore player. Sweet. Thanks, man. Oh, that's awesome. When's it launch? Oh, in a couple of days. 
Oh, I mean, I'm a hardcore player. I play six to eight hours a day. Yeah, that's not going to be enough. You're going to have to double your in your engagement levels beyond the engagement levels of a hardcore player to even be remotely ready for our Delta scaled raid that launches days after the new DLC comes out. Like, don't tell me that raids are built for hardcore players and then you deliver them in a time span that requires a hardcore player to play like an insane person. That, that, that's it's not it's not true. The time frame for delivery of raid is not for hardcore players. It's for content creators, streamers, and people who can play an un, un a ridiculous amount of hours. I play six to eight hours a day. I had to play for twelve. Thank you, geek. I had to play for twelve to sixteen hours a day before Last Wish, and I still got Delta scaled. I played more. I played double the level of a hardcore player's engagement, and I still wasn't ready. This idea that, like, leveling is something that should be painful and slow, and infusion was supposed to be a choice and difficulty, I got news for you. Infusion is about player volition. Infusion isn't about leveling. If you're getting drops, you're leveling. If you're getting milestone drops. So if I get a sidearm that's 630, that levels me, whether I infuse it or not. Infusion was about player volition. It wasn't about leveling. That that was a giant, just total miscategorization of like, well, if we slow, we make infusion painful, it'll slow people down. No, you're just frustrating player volition. <laughs> like, like, people didn't even know what they were talking about. Like, it, it, that's my point. That's my point. Is that when it comes to leveling, it should not be this ridiculously painful, awful experience. It shouldn't be slow and arduous. Empower players to go do dope stuff. Think about the way that pl- streamers are playing right now to get ready for the raid, okay? Think about it. We're playing... People are playing 10, 12, 16 hour days. Grenader Jake did a 24 hour stream, right? Look at look at the rate that we're playing to get ready for the raid. Or in Jake's case, Jake's not necessarily worried about being like raid ready for worlds first. Jake always likes to get high high power level before everybody else. It's like a it's like a little feather in his cap that he likes to wear. I like Jake, and that that's how he's motivated, right? That's how he's how he is as a player. Okay. So. Players are playing in that way. Now, if they didn't have to jump through hoops, they didn't have to save milestones and grind three characters and navigate this and that and, and, and shuffling weapons and, and playing an unnatural amount of hours to get ready for the raid, I want you to think about how far this content would be stretched for a hardcore player. Right? Hardcore players defend leveling like it's this, oh, it's this rite of passage, oh, you should have to do what we did. What? Grinded it out in like, what, a week or two? And then you're done. What what integrity? What 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 gatekeeping here? What are we actually protecting? What did you actually do that was long and drawn out? Now, if the raid didn't launch super fast and leveling was just a matter of playing and, and moving through the game like a traditional XP system, well, then you'd have a completely different different scenario on your hands because then. People would play probably a normal amount of time. They'd hit the they'd hit the cap. They you do it. You'd have to do like a universal cap here for this. You'd do a universal cap. You can only get so high a power level, and then they'd probably just start grinding for gear and rolls and stuff that they want. 
So then the difference in teams at the day one raid race that you have, the difference in the teams wouldn't be who who manipulated exploits and saved stuff and navigated routes to get around soft caps, who had really good RNG. No, it would be like, okay, you know, all right, hotshot. Do you have diversity of gear? Do you have loadouts and perks and things? Did you, did you think through different loadouts and gear types for the variety of encounters you might have uh, in the raid? Him being AFK is going to prevent us from progressing? No, it's not. I think it just opens after you kill all the ads, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't think AFK players prevent you from progressing. I just think in this case, um, the ad got away from some hiding. So, yes. Streamline the leveling, quit gatekeeping, and empower players to enjoy the content. Because... It's, it's super easy right now, I think, for people to feel like I'll never be high enough power level. So what's the point? If players feel left behind and left out, as I said before when I talked about, you know, Titanfall making all their maps free to not, not they didn't want to fragment and alienate the player base, you need to take a similar attitude with respect to leveling in Destiny. More cat. Any thoughts on what could be done about the Dreaming City... Uh, GS ship and sparrow drop rates and where else we could acquire them uh, without uh, so they aren't being given away um if these items are required for a triumph I think a general rule of thumb that Bungie should probably institute is if there's a drop that's required for a triumph it should be farmable you should be able to go farm something a strike a mission an adventure a lost sector I don't know there should be a way for you to say, well, um, you know, this is a, uh, this is a, this is a, this is a thing that I'd like to get, and here it is, and I, I you know, I got put in enough time, you know, it eventually will, uh, it eventually will drop. That's what I would do. I know there's a lot of milestones and been a lot of complaints lately from people about RNG being attached to triumphs, and I know that's a major point of frustration for a lot of people, though. So. True Sage, uh, if it was like that, don't you think people would hit max level super fast? Here's the thing: if you, if I may, I, I I talk really fast and I blaze through subjects, so I may not have made my point really, really clear. But anytime you institute a new power level, I said that part should be slow. 600 to 650 should take a while. It should be kind of how it is now where you're doing milestones, give us some intentionality so when you need armor or a gun or whatever, you don't get completely screwed. And then with the current jump rates on gear, it, it, it wouldn't make us get max power, you know, really, really fast. But again, my comeback's going to be power level isn't content. The content is the content. And if you're going to deliver new content and say, hey, here's all this new stuff, this is where all the goodies are, but you got to be a certain power level to get it. You don't want to deliver new content and be like, hey, we got all this new stuff to do. We've got this forge, and we've got that forge, we've got this activity over here, and they all drop cool stuff, and they have a bounty, and it has their own NPC. Uh, but if you want to do it, you got to level up. And then everybody groans inside because you're like, well, leveling's terrible. I don't want to go and do that. Leveling is the means by which you get to the hard content, and the content's kind of where people want to get. Leveling really isn't... I just... I don't know. I don't feel like leveling is why people play Destiny. 
I don't think people play to level. I think people play to get loot. Now, people are going to chime in in comments and, and say in chat, like maybe they play for different reasons. But generally speaking, I think it's a pretty safe bet that a lot of people are driven and motivated by loot since it's a, uh, you know, since it's a looter shooter. So, wouldn't that hurt their Twitch relevancy? I'm sure the power of Twitch is a huge incentive for them. Well, obviously, obviously they probably like the fact that streamers play a ridiculous amount of hours whenever there's new content uh, and whenever, you know, there's all these levels to grind. Sure. I'm sure they like that. That's good for the content. It's always in front of people. It's it's seen as something that's going to take a while to be, to be quote unquote done with, right? But I... Twitch is a microcosm, man. Like, if you're constantly focusing on the viewing audience of Twitch, again, you run the risk of Johnny Johnny Q Public, John Q Public getting home from work or school or class and feeling like, man, I, 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 can't, I can't get anything done, right? If you're constantly dealing with this, well, we, uh... We, we couldn't... Where's the one where he's in at, yeah, inactivity? AFK. So, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, considering, as far as considering how, uh, how you, how you cater to Twitch so that Twitch puts the game in a good light, that, that's definitely a reality that I think Bungie weighs, but I don't, I, I just don't think that should be the driving force behind big, big decisions about leveling and pacing. Um, I don't know. To me, to me, if you come to Twitch and you're like, how's the new Black Armory? What are y'all doing? And they're like, oh, well, it's really high power level, so we're running milestones and old content. I just don't feel like that was the right call. Um, I feel like that was a, that was, that was a misstep. That was a misstep. Uh, Gail Monev. Do you think if they added a safety net mechanic, like every time you don't get a chance of gear... Uh, it increases the drop chance of that item so you get one, then the piece resets. I mean, they, they, I think they need to do two things, okay? They need to do two things. Uh, number one, I think what you do is, is you say, here's, here's a choice. You give player a choice, and when the player has choice, they can then, um, pick, you know, armor or gun. And then within the armor or guns, it has a propensity away from the highest item and a propensity toward the lowest item. Right? That I don't want to remove those really exciting moments where you're like, I need a helmet, I need a helmet, and you get a helmet. Like we don't want to completely remove that from the game. I think that's a that's a value point, that's an exciting thing to have happen. And if you remove that too much you remove a value point. You remove the RNG. You remove that excitement and that elation uh, from uh, from the game. You know, like right now, I need a helmet or a bond. So if I see a helmet or a bond pop up on the screen, I'm gonna get excited. I got gauntlets instead. So that doesn't help. That doesn't help me. It helps me a teeny bit. A six, you know, six nineteen. You know, I really. Um, this is when you get stuck. You need a helmet or a bond. So if I knew the RNG was favoring the low things. Uh, and, and, and leaning away from the high things, 
then that would make that would make the process still take a while. It would still be RNG based, but it wouldn't leave you sort of dangling um, in limbo. Like last night when it was like I did three milestones in a row and got all guns. I needed a mark or my hunter was stuck. He was legit stuck. And thankfully, luck shined on me and I got I got the drop I needed. I got a mark. Now, I know there's a ton of questions left, guys, and I can come back and revisit these questions. We, yeah, there's a lot of questions still here. Uh, I... I, I, we can we can kind of save our spot here with Gail's question, and we could maybe do a part two to this, this Forge Getting Nerfed Q&A. I have a sponsored stream with Just Cause 4, so I'm going to come back and do Q&A. We'll do our Nightfall. We got to do two Nightfalls, the 100, the 100K and the regular. We got Gambit Crucible Dreaming City. We got a bunch of stuff to do to continue leveling this third character. Uh, so if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, there may or may not be a part two. I don't know. You'll see that in the feed if it's true. As always, uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can tune in live. Twitch.tv slash SayNo2Rage or follow me on Twitter at SayNo2Rage. If you're here live right now, we're not shutting down. We're going to continue streaming. And as always, if you're listening to the other sources, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.